On the latest edition of the podcast, I get to hang out with two of my favorite guys, Jeff Gorham and Alan Zinsmeister. We preview the upcoming Big West Conference men's basketball season. We go over the preseason poll, and we go over the preseason all-conference team. And then we're also joined for a couple of minutes by the new coach in the Big West Conference, Mike Magpio. He is the head coach at UC Riverside, taking over for David Patrick, who left in July to join Eric Musselman's staff in Arkansas. So we talk a little bit of basketball, we talk with the coach, and we have a lot of fun. It's myself, Jeff Gorham, Alan Zinsmeister, on the latest edition of the podcast. Welcome, folks. Believe it or not, we may play college basketball in a couple of weeks. So I have a, a, a motley crew. I have a number of guests I've, I've assembled to talk a little bit about the Big West. Big West preseason poll was released. And I'm going to introduce two of my favorite guys. Of course, my partner on the CSUN broadcast is the great Alan Zinsmeister, the pride of Westchester High School, longtime color analyst. He predates me at CSUN. He is the Bundini Brown of all the analysts uh, in the Big West. And uh, then, of course, we have the great Jeffrey Gorham, pride of Ramona High School. Get that man into the Ramona Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen. And while we're at it, Let's get Allen into the Westchester Hall of Fame. You know, let's get both these guys into their respective Hall of Fames. Jeffrey, of course, longtime basketball coach, RCC, Norta Vista High School. And he's, I think, now entering his fifth or sixth year as the broadcaster for UC Riverside Basketball, where he grew up. His father, also John Gorham, a longtime basketball coach in Riverside. And Jeff started at UCR as a ball boy under John Macy. And then to start the pod, I want to invite, or I want to welcome uh, Mike Magpio. He is the head coach now at UC Riverside. Coach, thanks for taking a couple minutes to join us. I know it's a busy time of year for you. That's awesome. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I was going to golf with my, my staff today, but then Jeff said that I had to do this interview with the great Gizal <laughs> last night. So he, he yeah, he, I'm sorry if he threatened you, Coach. He does that. <laughs> I just started during quarantine and now. I was going to get the staff out there, but all good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's jump right into it. Um, the preseason standing, and, you know, and I'll, 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 I will confess to something. I hate ranking the teams before the season. I like to at least watch a game or two. If you ask me on December 15th, I'd be a lot more comfortable than asking me in October, but that's just the way they do it. Um, UC Riverside who uh, ended up, I believe, in seventh place la or sixth place last year. They're going to play Santa Barbara in the first round. You guys were picked fifth in the new configured Big West, which now has 11 teams but just 10 spots because of UCSD's situation. You feel pretty good about being picked fifth, Coach? It's a step up from where you guys finished last year. Yeah, you know, I don't even – it's funny. I, I kind of talked to the staff, but I'm like, look, I'm going to show it to the team. I'm going to put that on a screen on the projector. I'm not, I have no messaging for them. I was just going to show it to them and kind of let them decide how they feel about it. I think our, our guys think we're pretty good. Um, I think we're, we think we're pretty good. Um, so I, I, I like it. I like being right there. Gives us something to shoot for and, and lights a little fire um, and, and, and our team. Um, and then one of your guys, Arinze Cheatham, he's a transfer, a Pac-12 transfer, and he had a pretty good year for you. I think it was 12-7. and seven. Uh, was an honorable mention in the Big West. He was picked to the preseason all-conference team. And, you know, I, I think we all understand that preseason all-conference teams really don't mean a whole lot. You want to be there at the end of the year in March, particularly, hopefully, you're playing beyond March. But I, I felt he had a pretty good year last year. Uh, the headline was his scoring and rebounding, but I thought he did a lot of good things for your defense, his length and his, his agility. Uh, being 6'9 obviously helps. And you guys were among, in a couple of categories, you finished top 10 defensively, and you are kind of, now you're the head coach, but last year you were kind of David Patrick's defensive lieutenant. Um, let me know. Obviously, you were happy probably to, to see Arinze picked uh, in the all-conference team. And what did he do for your defense last year, Coach? Yeah, like you said, he's he's our most athletic guy. He's 6'9", but he's really long. Um, 
and he rebounds. You know, he grabs the ball. Like, we were ninth in the country in defensive rebounding as well. So, um, he, he just he, – he's, he's an athlete that I don't think Riverside has seen before. Um, and then, yeah, you know, the scoring and all that. Yeah, he, he really closed the league strong, if you remember. He, he won uh, five of our last six games, I believe, in league or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was really, really coming on. He had a 20-some point game against Davis, to our very last game of the year. So he's just um, kind of well-rounded, very active, and he just, you know, my deal with Arenze, he takes some shot, he takes he takes a good amount of shots when he's on the floor, but he plays hard all the time. So I'm always okay with guys like that. He's just he's just a hard-playing dude um, and, and a great teammate as well. Coach, let's take your spring and summer and and break it down a little bit. So just like us, I'm sure you were disappointed that the team didn't get to play in March at Honda Center. But since then, it's been a roller coaster. Obviously, you have the pandemic that shuts everything down. Then David Patrick decides to go work for his friend Eric Musselman, which is kind of a bad news, good news thing, Coach, in that, all right, Coach, bad news is you lose a great boss. The good news is, though, now you're the head coach. But in your first offseason as head coach, it was kind of touch and go. You didn't know when you could practice, when the players would be back, when they'd even be on campus, because obviously everything's being done remotely. And then on top of that, you get a new story floated that UCR may drop athletics entirely. So I guess it's the old, you know, the old joke. Other than the play, or, 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 other than all the events, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play? Um, how, what was that like for you, Coach? The, like, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster. All of a sudden, you're a head coach, and then your school's talking about, well, maybe we won't have sports. Yeah. The Well, just to touch on the, the Keep PCR Athletics campaign, I'm just so optimistic and just really believe in the, the – we're going to make the right decision here as a university. I just don't I, – I can't – I think every nationally relevant university has athletics. Um, our chance comes from Michigan State. So I've stayed really – you know, I've kind of compartmentalized, really believe in Tamika – our athletic director and what they're doing. And, and, and then he, uh, the chancellor just formed a athletic working group. So I really believe we're going to, in the end, make the right decision. So I've been able to compartmentalize and the whole focus has been on this team. The joke with all my friends has been like, oh my gosh, like quarantine, COVID, whatever has been great for you. You've gotten two promotions. I was a promoted associate. <laughs> and then all of a sudden DP took off, but yeah, not just, he is the he is the best boss I've ever had, obviously, because he um, dropped the best the, the best assist you could ever ever drop. But he, um, you know, I got I got the job July first, and and the first uh, job for our staff and myself was to retain the team, and so we were on Zooms and, and all all hours of the night because we have nine players from down under, so they were in Australia, New Zealand. And um, getting on the phone with their Zoom with, with their parents, and you know, lucky for us, we have 100% retention, so we have the full team um, here. And um, it was a challenge, you know. I kind of put together a six-week Zoom program. I'm, I'm like, this is what you guys would be six weeks here at UC Riverside. And man, we just have a really good culture. We're really fortunate that these guys. Are just, we have buy-in, um, and we have they have ownership of the program. I'm just the leader. Um, at this point, driving the car, but we have a really good group of guys, and uh, that credit to DP because the culture he recruited really good guys, and it's carried forward. So you know we've been now we finally Tamika and and our athletic department got us back to practice. We'll give a shout out to Jeff's buddy Tony Ontiveros, our um, our trainer. They got us back, thank goodness. Because yes, if you had talked to me two months ago, I was not the same guy. <laughs> I was getting. I was getting antsy and anxious, um, but they got us back to campus, got us back practicing. You know, we get tested three times a week and um, knock on wood. So far, so good. We are praying to get to November 25th. Well, great intro with uh, Coach Magpio. Alan, Jeff, you have anything you want to jump in with with the coach? Well, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm part of this uh, mini bubble, I guess. I've been taking these tests. Hopefully I get to see the, the guys soon, but, you know, Going from last year and kind of the way we ended the season, you know, it was tough. We were playing well. I think everybody on the team, like Coach said, said they all bought in. And I think we were playing the best basketball at the, at the best time. And then, of course, uh, it was the last Friday the 13th, I think, was the last time we all saw each other. And you guys have added some pretty good players to the mix. I'm really looking forward to the size you brought in. I mean, not only do we have uh, – 
Angus McWilliam and Callum and Renze and Daniel Matting. But you also bring in Jock Perry, who's a grown man at 7-1 from St. Mary's. What is he going to bring? Really, I mean, he adds another dimension to this UCR team that's already deep. What does he bring to the table for you guys? Yeah, Jock, first of all, he's 7-1, so that's that's big for us. He comes from a top 25 program. He's been a part of that program for four years, um, and he's part of the, the, the Center of Excellence Development Program, which, you know, we mirror a lot of what St. Mary's does and a lot of what the Australian national team does. Uh, Jock's going to bring shooting and skill. He's very, very skilled, and he's probably one of our top three shooters. At 7-1, he's probably one of the top three shooters on our team. So, and then just experience, you know, playing a top 20, 25 team all those years of St. Mary's and he didn't get a ton of minutes, but when he did, but he played, you know, and he, so that I means he's playing against Gonzaga, BYU. So just that experience. And, uh, you know, we open at Pacific, some, you know, it's not officially released by our, we're still waiting for a couple of contracts, but that game is contracted. So if we get to November 25th, we'll be at Pacific and, um, you know, he's played against them for four years. You know, he, there's no, he's not phased by that. And one other quick question for you. I mean, you lost Kai Cabellas, who was a great uh, one-year pickup for you guys, and then you lose Dikembe Martin, who was a big part of the program for the last four years. What does uh, Flynn Cameron, who's a DePaul import, also another another uh, overseas player, what kind of player is he like? Does he fit in either of those kind of molds of Kai Cabellas or Dikembe Martin? Yeah, I'd say um, he's like Kai. He's 6'5", just, you know, very similar Kai, 6'5", lefty going to get in you defensively. You know, we're, we're, Kai was one of the main reasons that we were top 10 scoring defense. He gave all big West guards fits. He was just big, quick. And Flynn is very, very similar. Um, I don't, you know, we don't know until game time, but Flynn can score it a little bit too. You know, he, he, he he's from the New Zealand national team. His dad, Peril Cameron, is uh, probably the best player ever to come out of New Zealand. He's a you know, Coach, uh, first, let me congratulate you in regards to getting a head coaching job and Obviously, the school has a lot of confidence in you, uh, so I, I know that you're going to do a good job. But you and I were talking before we uh, started this podcast about coaching and great coaches. And I'd just like to know what can Big West fans expect from uh, a, a coach, uh, you as the new head coach? What can they expect? What is your particular coaching philosophy? Yeah, you know, I, I like 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 Gizal said, I've leaned on the, the defensive side the last few years, you know, kind of helped. Coach Patrick build our defense from the ground up, you know, brick by brick. And it's funny, like DP and myself, we brought you. If you come to a practice, we're doing a lot of our defensive drills with bricks. These guys got to hold bricks above their ears. Um, so just that tough, gritty, you know, that's that's who I am. My my my, my fight or flight is going to be like a fighter, gritty. You know, I'm, I'm a six foot Filipino coaching six we got six guys over 6'10", so it's always a joke that I'm, I'm, I'm coaching this huge team. The shortest guy on our team is 6'3", so we're going to be defensive-minded, um, going to rebound the basketball. You know, everywhere I've been, uh, our teams have been good defensive rebounding-wise. Um, it's, it's part of our program as well, so we'll be gritty, I hope. I hope. Uh, Coach, you, you brought up your background, uh, Filipino kids from Hacienda Heights, makes good, Division One head coach. What are your thoughts? You know, and I'm always I'm always loath, you know, myself being, you know, the son of immigrants. I'm always loath to ask this question to somebody else. But it is fairly significant in that. And I we, we were talking before. So you're not the first Division one head coach of an Asian background, but you, you're the first kind of, you know, for you mentioned uh, Rex Walter, who is at USF, uh, obviously coming up through the ranks. There are a lot of Asian coaches, high schools, AAU, middle schools and whatnot. What's the feeling of being like that guy, the first guy to get the full-fledged D1 job? It, it's uh, it's awesome, man. I, like I, I just hope you know the guys I've looked up to growing up, or Phil Jackson, Brad Stevens, because he, he like me came from the business world, and then Eric Spolstra, obviously, like he is the my eye, um, because he was a Filipino coach in the NBA, and so he just opened the door. Um, for the next generation. And now, you know, and I'm, I'm also the president of the age association in the last eight years and it's grown tremendously. And just to get to see, um, and talk to, you know, I just hired a, a director of operations, Jordan Lee, who's actually a former, uh, alum at UC Riverside and, and he's Asian as well. And I just, I'm just so excited to just hopefully keep that door open that coach Bolstra kept, you know, open for, for myself and just, 
really hoping that the next generation of Asian coaches can can do better than our generation. That, that, that's all. That's the hope, you know, that to keep growing um, and get that next generation more opportunities. Coach, I, I appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us. Uh, we'll see you down the road. I think I think you guys finished the year at CSUN, so we'll see you in March at CSUN. And appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight both into your team and kind of into your own personal journey. Thanks. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Later, Alan. Later, Jeff. I'll Thanks, see you next coach. week. Yeah. <laughs> coach Mike McPio is the head coach. At UC Riverside, How, it probably sounds good to hear that the head coach of UC Riverside. What's it been like, Jeff? What's it been like for you? Because you've worked with Coach as an assistant the last couple of years, and I know when I talked to you, you were so excited when he got the the head coaching position. Well, yeah, I really, you know, the 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 tough thing for me was, you know, I really became fond and close friends with uh, David Patrick, and, and my friendships with the entire staff, I should say, are, are are phenomenal. And I think it would have been a disservice to give it to anyone else. But uh, Coach McPie, who I think has, has earned his, his wings, uh, he's a captain of the ship, and I think every player and, and all of us on his staff uh, appreciate him, support him, and we definitely are proud and will do our best to kind of to kind of right the ship with him at the head. So he's the, he's the one new face on the sidelines this year in the Big West, so let's go on to uh, how they picked him. So this was a, the media poll in the Big West, guys. Um, I, is there anything that stands out to you? Uh, for those of you who want to go on, you go on the Big West website and see it. But I will tell you, it's uh, from 1 to 10. So UC San Diego is making their Division two to Division one transition. They were not included in the poll, and in a weird quirk, will not, e- not be included in the standings this year. Um, so it's Irvine, Santa Barbara, Davis, Hawaii, UC Riverside, that's one through five. And then six through 10, Long Beach State, CSU Bakersfield, CSUN, Fullerton, and Cal Poly. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. I asked Coach, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, how do you feel about Riverside being picked fifth in the poll? Well, to, to be honest with you, you know, I, like I said, I thought we were playing the best basketball of the year uh, going into the tournament last year. Uh I found it, hey, I'm, I'm good with being fifth, but I honestly think we're probably the second or third best team uh, based on uh, guys coming back, the uh, the addition of a couple of Division One transfers that have uh, playing experience. I think that they're going to they're gonna do well against Irvine because Irvine, you know, with Brad Green and Welp are great players, and they're good big guys, but they don't have the four or five guys they've had in the past, and, and I think UC Riverside – with six guys, 6'10 and above, we'll be able to guard those guys. And I think it's going to be difficult for Irvine uh, to really uh, penetrate that defense of UC Riverside. I think they're a lot better than that. I think the, what who really scares me the most is UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara, it looks like every guy on that team's on a pogo stick, and they're all great players. I just don't know if they can play that defense. You're an old coach, Jeff, and we've had this conversation, and you've been in the Big West four or five years now. The Big West always seems to turn on which guards play the best. You can yes. have your big, you can have your Allen Williams, you can have your Lamine Genet, but if your guards don't play well, you're not going to succeed. Does Riverside have the firepower in the backcourt to challenge this conference? Well, I, I think they do. I think I think because they do shoot so well. I mean, UC Riverside, one of the finest uh, three-point shooting teams, really in the country at, at points last year. You have guys like Dragon Elkaz, who was a starter two years ago. Uh, who's one of the most uh, prolific three-point shooters we've seen, uh, Dominic Pickett, who was a walk-on, who used to be the manager, you know, went into the starting role last year, and he was instrumental in, and had really worked on his jump shot in the offseason. I'm going to uh, pull the curtain back, and I had a chance during the quarantine to, to see him, and I am looking forward to seeing what Dominic Pickett can do, his senior campaign, his post-graduate, I should say, campaign, uh, I think they do have the the weapons. Daniel Matting, a 6'10 inside out player who didn't get was a little slow to the game last year, but I think playing uh, all off season and through this quarantine, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Jeff. So okay. not you can't pick UC Riverside. I want you to pick a team you're going to buy, a team you're going to sell, 
and a team you're going to hold. Think of it as a, a, the, the Big West stock market. Give me your picks. Buy, sell, hold. Okay. I'm going to buy into UC Santa Barbara. I think uh, Pastor Knack with his pedigree of recruiting at uh, Arizona and just by watching the eyeball test, those guys are, you know, they're all putting their elbows above the rim. I'm going to buy UC Santa Barbara. I am going to sell UC Irvine as my, you know, they finished in the last seven years, they finished first or second, which is gold and silver. I think they get the bronze this year. So I'm going to sell UC Irvine. And I'm going to hold on Cal State Bakersfield because uh, they've been great in the past. But last year, they only had 12 wins in a kind of a strange uh, conference. Um, I think the schedule benefits them this year because they're going to, you know, there's not going to be as, as much travel. So I'm going to hold on Cal State Bakersfield. Alan Sinsmeister, um, you saw the poll. You saw one through 10. What jumps out at you? Anything jump out at you? that you thought either was really kind of either egregious or maybe somebody getting slept on? Well, you know, not so much that it's egregious, but looking at Hawaii, Hawaii lost a lot. Uh, And Hawaii is not going to get the great home court advantage that they normally would if fans are going to be in the stands and and, uh, people playing maybe back to back there. And then they have to come over to the mainland and and play. So I kind of thought Hawaii may have been ranked a little bit too high. Uh, when you lose uh, Drew Buggs, the, the, you know, the leader and assistant, basically the hub of your team, that's going to be difficult. So Hawaii was, I, I looked at them and I felt like, yeah, they might be ranked a little higher than uh, than I might think. But the Coach Kanat is an excellent coach. So I think that's why the media folks uh, picked Hawaii to finish right behind, which I think is, is fair, uh, Davis, Irvine, Santa Barbara. Now, okay. now this is all. I wanted to ask you one quick question, but to both of you guys, Irvine. You know, they, like I said, they've seven years, first or second. They lost four starters. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You, you pick them first. I think you know. I understand that you always pick the champion, but uh, that's a that's a lot of uh, wiggle room to to bring in new guys to supposedly win the conference. I mean, I think I answered the question in our conversation. To me, you know, I think Welp. I agree with you. Welp is outstanding. Brad Green has proven to be a force. It's going to come down to their guards. It's going to come down, what does John Artest do next year? What is J.C. Butler able to do next year? Who's going to run the point next year? You know, Is Isaiah Lee going to be that impact player for them at the point position? In their, in their run, in that seven-year run, they've always had all-conference you know, first or second team guards available to them. I mean, their last two guys, you know, Yasu Worku and Evan Leonard, they had an incredible, both of them had an incredible run at great careers. I know Evan Leonard retired you from coaching, Jeff. So can they get the performance out of the guards that they've gotten for the last, you know, six to seven years, going back to guys like Wilder and Alex Young and, and Luke Nelson? Can they get those performances? If they can, I think they're going to be all right. Well, they do have two good, uh, really good true freshmen, Andre Henry, who was the leading scorer in uh, one of the wherever state he came from is supposedly one of the great scorers and DJ Davis who played at Riverside Poly here and I'll tell you what I saw him play I say the best high school game in history put up 63 points against Damian in a state semifinal game it was the most I mean I think he had 13 three pointers the guy can play he's streaky he's one of those guys that could really surprise he fits in that mold of the UC Davis point guards we've seen the last couple of years. Shout out to uh, your guy, uh, Yancey Dotson, the head coach at Riverside Poly. Yeah, I love that guy. He, and I'll tell you, when you play for a guy like Yancey, you know, he, he's a transfer, played at uh, Corona Centennial, a national power, and then comes back to play for Yancey. I really do think that he could be that guy at UC Irvine that could, you know, has the same thing as Worku and Leonard. I think he's a better scorer than both of those guys. So I do think he could be a problem as a two a two guard or a point guard. Well, Gazal, I think that uh, Coach McPio is going to have some words with Jeff after uh, this particular podcast when he hears it and when he hears what Jeff said about the defending champion uh, anteaters. I mean, no coach wants to to have to uh, defend his uh, broadcaster for casting aspersions on a team that's won so many championships. You know, I, I, I but I hear what you're saying, Coach. But when it comes to Irvine, because they allow their players uh, – your young guys to get a chance to play in tough games night in and night out. 
I'm not going to be worried about their guard play because their guard play is mostly about defense and and then about moving the ball and and they can all literally hit the open shots and and so just like Brad Green how he came back such a changed man after having a season off I think until the champ is dead, you you don't say anything negative about them. So having said that, <laughs> I'm not in total disagreement with you, but, you you know, Irvine is well coached. They've got the main big and Colin Belt coming back, Brad Green, and then you plug in a J.C. Butler along with Artest, and they're just going to be tough to beat because uh, they guard. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. Although I, I will say this in regards to uh, – uh, the Riverside, the Highlanders. Coach, initially I, I was thinking so much about the loss of, of David Patrick that that might be something that would just really cause them to to, to tail off and maybe uh, uh, just struggle so much because of the different voice that you now have to hear uh, from Coach McPyle. But you have sold me on them being a team that that could maybe really beat Irvine. So uh, in one sense, I'm saying you were crazy for knocking off Irvine so early. But in another sense, I have to agree with the way you build up these Highlanders. I'm really interested to see their bigs go against the bigs of uh, Irvine. Alan Zinsmeister, uh, you will be sitting next to me in two weeks from yesterday for the CSUN, well, hopefully, theoretically, for the opener against Westmont at the Matterdome. You have been out to practice. You have had a chance to chat with the assistants. I believe you've chatted with both Coach Eric and Coach, uh, and Coach Jeff Dunlap. What are your thoughts on CSUN? A lot of firepower loss. No more Terrell Gomez. Lamine Genet is, is waiting to hear his name called from an NBA team. And Elijah Harkless is now playing uh, over in Oklahoma. He's in the Big 12 now. What do you think... Uh, with regard to what you've seen at practice and what the coaches have told you, CSUN picked eighth in the 10-team conference. Okay, I'm going to take off my homer hat because I don't think there's there's not a more guy who's a homer than I am for, for CSUN, but I'm going to take that hat off. Having watched them in practice, they're, they're babies, is all. They're very, very young. Uh, you look at some of the bodies on some of the youngsters. Uh, you look at somebody like uh, Kalen Rains, who's really slender, Adam Wright, who's a, a small guard. They're, they're babies. Uh, and you can't lose uh, the player of the year and, a you know, first team all conference player uh, in, in uh, Terrell Gomez and expect to to really replace them in any way. Having said that, I I like the coaching staff and the way they're bringing this young team along. I think that from what I saw, I was very, very impressed with with a couple of the young freshmen. Uh, I think that uh, Alex uh, 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 McVladez, I I think I said that right, but I probably didn't. But I I think that Alex, um, young kid that's uh, from uh, Modesto Christian High School, is going to be an impact player in the conference once he gets a few games under his belt. And probably the, the, the main factor that gives me hope for this Matador squad is the fact that Darius Brown II is still on the team. Whenever you can have a point guard who's one of the top point guards in the conference and steals and assists, and he's just a leader. So he's the type player that could lead this young team. And then TJ Starks, it, you know, I'll say this now. I don't know that there will be a better guard in the conference than TJ Starks. I mean, he's a transfer from Texas A&M. He is just a legitimate power five player with his quickness, his strength, his ability to see the floor. He can get wherever he wants. But will that be enough to to make them you know, a strong factor and to make up for so many losses? I don't know. But I, I, they're going to be young. They're going to struggle early. But I think come the end of the season, they're going to be a team once again that nobody's going to want to face. Uh, you know, I made the joke that last year the uh, the Matadors were like new addition, you know. So now you have Ralph off playing at San Diego State. You have Bobby Brown leaves. You have Ronnie DeVoe leaves. That leaves Michael Bivens. But you got to remember that Michael Bivens, he did Bell Biv DeVoe. He did uh, uh, Boys to Men. And uh, he did ABC. So once those guys all left, he was able to pull it together. And I really feel that way about Darius Brown. It's Darius Brown's team. He's had over 300 assists in his first two seasons. And he's not going to tell you this. He was hurt the first half of last year and didn't say anything. But once he got healthy, the numbers replicated to where they were in his freshman year, where he played outstanding basketball. And 
he's a junior and he has a look to him and an attitude to him. And he understands this coaching staff. And I expect Dare, I, I won't tell you where CSUN's going to finish. I have a feeling they'll make, they may take their lumps in the non-conference and then they get to conference and hit the ground running. But I, I really believe that Darius Brown is going to have a really big season for the Matadors. I was disappointed he did not get one of the six spots on the preseason all-conference team, which we'll go over in a little bit, um, because the, the, the body of work, the track record, indicates that he's going to get better this year. And I remember his numbers from late. The last, I think, 12 games he played where the Matadors were 8-4, and four, his numbers were all right on par with where he was his freshman year, except his free throw percentage, shooting percentage, and three-point percentage all improved. And again, it's one of these things where you have to watch him day to day, Alan. And I think under the tutelage of Mo Williams and Mark Gottfried and Jim Herrick, his defense really improved. He was, he was a lot more physical, and he already has a tremendous basketball IQ, and he was able to use that basketball IQ to help him improve his defense. You called it, 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 it you know, but it's his leadership. It, it's his ability to be a leader that they're going to depend on so much with the Matadors. And, and Darius, the son of a coach, he understands his role as a leader. And I think because of that, they're going to be fine uh, once these young puppies get a chance to, to get into the game. Let's now, go over the all-conference. Are oh, you got anything to say there? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, I think, do you, th- you guys cover the Matadors uh, better than everybody. And do you think they're going to be better by uh, addition through subtraction? I mean, the, the Lamine was such a, a ball-dominant player last year, and Gomez as well. Those guys, I think, had a tendency to kind of watch because when you're playing with two phenomenal players like those two last year, you have a tendency to stand around and watch, a lot like LeBron and and the big man uh, for the Lakers. Do you think the CSUN will be able to run their offense a lot better or more efficient uh, without those two guys, possibly? Well, I mean, Jeff. You know, That's Terrell, offense. <laughs> Terrell Gomez was a 45% three-point shooter and 89% or a 94% free throw shooter. That's pretty efficient. You that, know? Yes. <laughs> when you're shooting 45% from three and 89 or 94% from the free throw line. But no, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, the offense may run a little more stealthily efficient in the sense that now defensively, it may be a little more difficult because you don't know where the shots are coming from, right? You know, exactly. last year, maybe, you know, you're like, okay, I need, we need to check Lamine and we need to check uh, Terrell because you know that probably 70% of the shots that team's going to take come from those two guys. Um, now it's a little bit more democratic. It's a little bit more even. And if they start making shots, so, and that's, as you know, Jeff, that's really the key, right? Um, if, if Alex, uh, uh, if the kid from Georgia's hitting shots, if Lance Coleman's hitting shots, if TJ Starks is hitting shots, if, you know, Miles Brookins is healthy and he's a presence inside, now all of a sudden you got, instead of two guys averaging 20, if you got five guys averaging 10 to 12, they're not as dynamic as Terrell and Lamine were, but it's a little bit more, you know, you're, you're getting run down because you're, instead of chasing two guys, now you got to chase five, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, you look at it, they really are a new team. I mean, and I think they could benefit from uh, this schedule if they run their offense efficiently and teams cannot really scout because you're going to have to play back-to-back days, I think they could sneak out. You guys could sneak out a few wins just for that reason alone. And, and, and I think the advantage the Matadors will have this year will be with a bench. They're probably going to be three to four deep on the bench of guys that have had played minutes. You know, Particularly if, if Vontae, now Vontae Hendricks is a transfer from New Mexico, started his career at Utah. If he's eligible, he's a starter, and he kind of profiles like Elijah Harkless. He's a 6'4", 6'5", athletic guy, can run and jump, and he's really a defensive stalwart as well. If you plug him in and now your bench is extended a little bit, right? You push, you, you know, you have, you have a strong bench, and um, th- that helps make the team a little bit deeper. Guys don't have to play as many minutes, and I, I agree with Alan. We're gonna get a we're gonna get a taste of of T.J. Starks coming out of the SEC, playing in the Big West, and and what can he do? Now, is he gonna be able to shoot as well as Terrell? Probably not. But is he gonna be able to get to the rim? He's a he's a six six two six three kind of physical guy who can get to the rim, which you know, as you know, as a coach, Jeff, 
that causes other problems, correct? It does. It really. If you have a guy that can dribble, penetrate, and we've seen it with uh, UC Davis the last uh, few years with their guards, their guard play. If you have a guy that can dribble, penetrate, and can dominate the paint as a little guy, it gives so many opportunities for the other four players in the court. I I, I really firmly believe that we're going to see. You know, I think Coach Godfrey and of course Coach Herrick. Coach Dunlop, those guys are smart enough to run. They're going to be able to adjust uh, on the fly. And I really think it's going to be hard to beat anybody two, two days in a row playing Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's so contingent. But everybody I've talked to that knows anything about basketball has told me that Alex Merck-Villadze is the real deal. The freshman out of Modesto Christian. He's from Georgia. He's played on the Georgia national team. 6'9", 220. He's a, he's a baby, like Alan said. But inside, outside, he can shoot the ball and he can take the ball down underneath. And particularly when he's going to have the blanket of Ronnie Artest, Miles Brookins, and Festus Undemania down there to help him out, now all of a sudden you can't be physical with him because if you give him a little love tap, well, then Ronnie Artest or Festus may, you may have a little love tap for your big guy down on the other end. So it's a little bit different uh, than with, with uh, what was going on with Lamine. But, Alan, before we go to the all-conference team, I want to put you on the spot. Yes. Give me, a, give me a buy, hold, and sell with the top with the ten teams that were ranked in the preseason poll. Well, well, I'm gonna buy Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa Barbara really, I mean, look, you, you know, they they lost Heidegger, and that's a big loss, but they returned so many talented players. So Santa Barbara is gonna be a team that you're gonna have to deal with. They have experience, they have talent. Uh, you know, they've got Soul, they got McLaughlin. They, they're just gonna be a tough team, and they're uh, an experienced team. Um, I'm going to hold Cal State Bakersfield. I mean, um, Cal State Bakersfield is a team that uh, I think is well coached. They're going to come in. No one really knows about them, but I think they're going to do well enough. And, pe- and they're going to be a team that uh, might even get a little bit higher than they've been projected because of Coach Barnes and because of the way they play. They get after it on the defensive end. They attack you on the offensive end. And uh, I will probably sell Hawaii. I think that Hawaii will probably I, I, they'll make the tournament, but I don't believe that they'll finish as high as fourth only because Hawaii uh, and the loss of bugs. That's why I would sell them. I don't I don't think they could finish as high as uh, fourth place. And, and no Zigmar's Rimo. No more Rimo. Nope. The Latvian, the Latvian All-American. Well, he's not All-American, the All-Latvian inside post player. Well, every time I used to say his name, I honestly used to, you know, I'm thinking about my time in uh, Italy recently. I always think of like a, a great dessert. So every time I'd say his name, I would my mouth would salivate, and I'd have a sweet a hankering for a, a sweet dessert. A Zigmar. Zigmar's Rimos strikes me as like a dissident in a you know in a uh, in a, in a, in a Euro- European political thriller. Zigmar's yeah. Rimo is the dissident, right? There's the despot, there's the establishment, and then he's kind of a dissident working both sides. Zigmar's there Rimo. There you go. So uh, so I put you guys on the spot. I'll put myself on the spot too. So I'm going to buy CSU Bakersfield because I think Rod Barnes is a phenomenal head coach, and I think CSUB is going to have a significant home court advantage when they play at home just because there's no familiarity with it for, for a lot of the Big West teams. It's kind of a tough trip for a lot of the Big West teams to go schlep up there and have to play there for two games. I'm going to sell Long Beach State. Now, I think Long Beach State should be a very good team this year. But the issue is they tend to be streaky. They lost the Morgan kid. He transferred out the 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 uh, the, the big uh, the big racer at the back of the rim there. And um, I'm not sure uh, that they're necessarily going to be able to 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 match their preseason picks. I, I actually think talent wise they're probably one of the top three or four talented teams in the conference. But there's just something there. Uh, can they, you know, can they match up to it? They probably will prove me wrong because that's the history of it. And then the team I'm going to hold on is UC Davis because, and we'll, we'll dovetail nicely into the all conference team at the second year of Ezra Manion, I think will be more exciting than the first year. This young man was electrifying last season. I was happy to see he got all conference, uh, first team from the media this year. Yeah, they just those guys. I'll tell you what they had. T.J. Shorts isn't that the guy they had before? Yes. Oh, uh, I mean they're similar guys. They're, I mean they really are. He's able to get these players like I think a lot. 
they're able to penetrate in the post, and they they cause so many problems because they're so quick. He's a strong player, deceptively strong. You don't realize his strength. He was he. I think he had ten boards against Riverside when Riverside beat him at at Davis. But man, he is a phenomenal player to watch. Yeah, I, and you know me. Like the more I watch the Big West, the more it's about guards, 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 guards. And if you have a strong guard, especially at the point position, you really I think have a chance. It's like a puncher's chance in boxing. You you have a good point guard. You never know what can happen because so many of the games guys are close in this league. And you know what? You can't sleep on Elijah Pepper. I mean, he was a freshman, and you know he's a very, very talented, tough kid. So, uh, and then I, I, you know how I feel about Coach Les. I think that uh, Coach Jim Les is just one of the best coaches on the West Coast. Uh, So his teams will always be ready. Um, Jeff, we we heard from Coach Magpio about Orenze Cheatham. You got to see him every game last year. Do you think he can take his game to the next level this season and really be that alpha dog that Riverside needs on both ends of the floor? I, I do. I think last year was a little difficult for him because, you know, he, he set out the year before and part of the year before that. He didn't get a lot of run at, at Washington State. He's a phenomenal player. He's six, you know, six nine, six ten. I saw glimpses of how good he could be um, at Fresno State. He literally took over the game. We were down 19 points. Uh, I believe with seven minutes to go, we came back and won that, beat that uh, Fresno State, and it was all based on Arenze Cheatham. I think at times against you guys, against Cal State Northridge, I think he was so pumped up to play against uh, Lamine, and I think it was just he's one of those guys that just needs to settle into his his role. He is a scorer, but he needs to score within the offense. And I think at times he kind of stepped outside of his uh, comfort zone outside of the offense. And I think that's where he uh, struggled a bit, but if he plays within the offense and can flourish uh, within Magpio's offense, I think they're going to, I think he's going to be a special player this year. AZ, what did you think? We saw, we saw Cheatham twice. What did you think? Well, look, you, you know, you got a guy with his size and his, uh, his athletic ability and his skill set. you expect him to be one of the best players in the big West, especially he came from a power five conference. I think he missed some big shots at crucial times. So and maybe that's what Jeff is talking about. He might have been a little nervous, trying a little bit too hard. But now having a year under his belt in the Big West, he needs to be a dominant player in the conference if a Riverside is, is going to be in the upper echelon of the conference. Uh, Chance Hunter, Long Beach State. He was the junior college transfer, had a pretty good year last year for them. Now, Alan and I, he didn't have great games against uh, UC Riverside or against CSUN. The second game, he was hurt, so we'll kind of write that off. And the first game, I think, CSUN jumped out such a big lead that Long Beach was the – I think there was a Big West opener. Long Beach was basically shooting threes for most of the second half. So I don't think Allen and I really got a shot to see the real Chance Hunter. Obviously, the rest of the media thought he was good enough for a first-team all-conference pick. Allen, what do you remember? Do you have any recollections from for young Mr. Hunter from last year? The flashes, and I think that's why the media picked him. I mean, with his size of six foot six, and that he could step out and hit an NBA three, uh, you know, and the potential. Um, I, I thought that he could be a much better defender with his length and his size and his athleticism. Uh, and I think if Long Beach State is going to uh, to live up to the expectations of being maybe like a, a top six, but I think they probably could really be in the top four. It would be because. Uh, Hunter is not only making shots, he's making his teammates better. He's playing better defense. I, I like him. You're right. He didn't really show a lot against CSUN. Um, but once again, maybe it's a player looking at Lamine Janae and, and feeling like they've got to uh, you know, score as much as Lamine can score. And there's nobody in the conference even close to Lamine's ability to put the ball in a basket. Uh, Coach Gorham, you have Chance Hunter playing on the opposite team. What do you? How do you defend him? Uh, you know... He, it, it, I I look at the Big West and guys that can score, um, and I think Riverside does this uh, just because I follow them <laughs> closer than anybody. I think you look at him and you just take him out of the game and you make everybody else beat you. You can't let him uh, get 30 uh, and, and hope that you can you can hang with these guys. You got to take care of scores, and you know sometimes you put two guys on them. You, you put. A shadow a box in one type defense you just face guard and don't let him get the basketball and make everybody else beat you and I don't think Long Beach State and I agree to an extent they have great athletes have had great athletes but I think they get lost when you take them out of their offense 
a guy I think is the heir apparent to replace Lamine Janais. Lamine Janais, two-time Big West Player of the Year. If I had to put money on a guy this year for Big West Player of the Year, I would probably wager on Christian Velp. I thought he showed incredible development from his first year to his second year. His offensive game is he's one of the top four or five guys in the league already, as he was last year. And obviously, as he works in that defense with Coach Russ Turner's squad, he'll get better at the defense. I, I thought that was a great pick. I look for Christian Velp to have a big year for Irvine this year. He could be their leading scorer and their alpha dog this year. Curious to what you guys think. Alan. Well, I, you know how much I like him. And, and the only reason why he doesn't score more is because he's not required to do so with a, a Russell Turner coach team. Everyone has their role and he stays in his role. But I think as far as talent, his ability to score outside, inside, post up, he can pass the basketball. I think he's the, the best uh, uh, post player uh, that can face the basket in the conference. So I, I believe that when it's all said and done, if, uh, if, if the seeds hold the form, he'll probably be conference player of the year. That's how strongly I feel about the young man's ability. Coach Gorham, what were your observations watching Christian Velp last year? I thought Riverside did a pretty decent job against him. Well, you know, he didn't play very well against Riverside. And honestly, I thought he was, outside of Lamine, I thought he was the best player in the conference last year. Um, but when you lose Tommy Lumpy Rutherford, I think <laughs> I think you give, I think Welp, or Velp, I think he gives you an opportunity now where he's going to flourish. He's gotten better each year. And I think he's got a scorer's mentality. He's a shoot-first kind of guy, a kind of player I would love to coach, a lot like his dad. His dad was a great player, but a lot more athletic, I should say. And I think he, if if I was going to name a player of the year in the conference right now, he's my number one guy I put up for player of the year. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I always love your perspective, Jeff, because not only did you coach, but you were a scorer yourself in a time when basketball was a little more fast and loose. You know, when you and I were coming up, there weren't a lot of focus. I mean, yeah, you wanted to play defense, but the focus was on, hey, you got to put the ball in the basket. And um, he can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, we looked at it as as your offense was your defense. And I played with a couple of great players. I played with Tracy Murray, Mitchell Butler, uh, big-time scorers, Don McClain. These guys uh, remind me a lot of, of Velt because – his, his goal is he's one of those guys you know he works on his game, his offensive side of the game. And I'm not really too concerned defensively because of his size. He doesn't need to be a great uh, defender. He will be a good defender just because of his length, his athletic ability, and just his knack for getting his hand on the basketball. And that, I think, is where I always say, hey, a player's offense kind of outweighs his defense. And I think he's that guy. Well, Santa Barbara has been in the news the last week. Obviously, um, uh, Shane Bieber wins the Cy Young Award in Major League Baseball. He's an old gaucho, or as my friends uh, Matt Hurst and Steve Went would call it, a tremendous gaucho winning the Cy Young Award. And the gauchos picked second in the conference this year. Uh, they were third last year behind both UC Riverside and uh, CSUN by virtue of the fact the Matador swept them. But they have two guys on this preseason all-conference team. Let's start with Ja'Cory McLaughlin. He is a transfer from Oregon State and had a solid year, a little bit hobbled by injuries last year, but he's going to be the go-to guy with regard to the perimeter for the Gauchos. What did you remember and what did you think about his performance last year, Alan? Well, I, I thought the very first time CSUN played uh, the Gauchos, he was hurt, and the Matadors were very uh, happy that they didn't have to face him. Uh, but watching him in other games, he's the type player that can literally take over the league if he's allowed to be set free. Um, he's a very disciplined player. He never really gets out of himself as far as like trying to do too much. But I think sometimes he should try. He's athletic enough. He can shoot from the perimeter. He can finish around the rim. He's a very solid defender. And I think that uh, that if Coach Pasternak decides that they're going to run everything through him, kind of let him have the freedom uh, that they let Max Heidegger have, then Santa Barbara is going to be a monster team to deal with because he's got size, athleticism. He's come from a, a Pac-12 program, so he knows he's talented. And uh, I, I like him a lot. I will put him right up there with, with Colin Velt as the type player that, that could be player of the year. Jeff Gorham, I, I want you to put your coaching hat back on again. 
So you're coaching, you know, I'm going to go Hebe Brown on you. You're Joe Pasternak. You're coaching UC Santa Barbara. You lose Max Heidegger from last year, who obviously is a phenomenal player. Does that help Ja'Cory McLaughlin a little bit this year, knowing that he's going to have more opportunities with no Max Heidegger there with him? I do, and I think we saw, uh, you know, a, a test run of that when Heidegger was hurt so much the last two years. Yep. So, I mean, what a fun player to watch. You go to games, and, and Heidegger was one of those guys you wanted to pay to see. Uh, but I think McLaughlin is a strong guard. He he really can take over games, like Allen said. But he's a smart player. He's a strong player, and I, I don't think he makes mistakes. And his, his mental toughness and that extra effort gives him the intangible that I think he's probably hands down the best guard in the conference. Let's move on to Amadou So, the the big guy uh, who is going into his junior year and who probably is is the happiest that Lamine Janae is no longer there. Lamine probably ousted him from freshman of the year two years ago. And then last year, you know, Amadou So obviously lost his dad midseason, so kind of had to come back from that, that kind of emotional blow. Uh, but he's had a season or a summer to kind of rest up and come back. And still, the numbers were there, and obviously he got selected by the media in the in the preseason. Jeff, the, the traditional day of the big man is kind of bias, but So can do a little bit more. He's a versatile guy, but he really is that traditional big man down inside. Yeah, he's you know he's a savvy low post. He's a scorer. He's a freakish jumper. I mean, he can really put just jump over the rim. You know, I think he's going to benefit also from not being with Heidegger. And they've got a couple other guys that they're bringing in. Uh, Pasternak is is isn't dumb. He's going to bring guys in to help his two players, his two superstars. I think uh, Norris, uh, the six ten player who's a transfer from Oregon, is going to help him. But I think so is. Is one of those guys you have to be alert on because, for one, he's, he's he'll get offensive boards. Uh, he's very quick, quick jumper, and he's just one of those guys that is tough around the rim. He's a shot uh, blocker, and he's, he just scares you. And I think that's why I think I think Santa Barbara's the best team on paper. Uh, that's just like I said, their defense is the only thing that has hurt them the last couple of years under Pasternak. Maybe they can change it uh, defensively. Heidegger was a suspect defense defender, but so, man, and McLaughlin, those two guys are tough. You give those guys a couple other players, two or three deep at every position, I think Santa Barbara's tough. Well, and they have the blur at point guard as well. Um, let's jump over to Allen. Allen, you spent much of the last two years watching a team with two superb guys, a guard in Terrell Gomez, and a and a and a wing post you know hybrid guy in Lamine Janae that one two punch could Jacory McLaughlin and Amadou So be a similar one two punch for UC Santa Barbara particularly when you consider they have a pretty formidable point guard as well yeah they'd be a different one two punch I mean uh, they they would be the guys if you're thinking about punching they're they're probably going to the body with their punches they're trying to wear you down where of course when you've got Terrell Gomez and Lamine Janae who can just go for forty. And then, of course, Terrell could just bomb from outside. They they were going for headshots. So yeah, they they could be a powerful one-two punch. Uh, when it comes to so, uh, I agree with everything that uh, uh, Jeff said. I couldn't add anything other than the fact that he has developed a three-point shot. So that's going to open up uh, things for other players and himself. He's going to be able to stand out at that three-point line sometimes and then take the ball to the rim because he made some threes uh, on several occasions. So I, I just like that player. He's such a tough, uh, talented athlete. You know, thanks, guys. About to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, I have Alan Zinsmeister here, Jeff Gorham, doing a little bit of a preview. The Big West released their all-conference preseason poll and their all-conference preseason team earlier this week. Thanks for Mike McPire for joining us earlier. Before I let you go, though, um, I want to find out, did either of you think there was anybody off the all-conference team that was an egregious snub? Jeff, we'll start with you. Um, You know, nobody really offhand. The only thing... You know, that we haven't seen is are the kids from UC San Diego, which we really there's a couple that uh, I think his name Tyrell Roberts, the junior uh, guard from UC San Diego. He's a tough player, but you can't put him on just because nobody's seen him. I, I do think uh, 
you know, maybe uh, the kid at Bakersfield, uh, Buckingham, who's pretty good. He could be good. And, and Tazy Moore, those guys. I think Tazy Moore probably should have been on that list. Well, and speaking of snubs, Gazal, very quickly talking about snubs, I want to go back to the to, to the, the media poll. I mean, you've got Cal, Cal State Fullerton and Cal Poly finishing ninth and tenth, and uh, I, that might be a snub. Fullerton has lost a ton of talented players, but they got a doggone good coach in uh, Dietrich Taylor. And uh, in uh, Cal Poly, you and I have great affection for Coach John Smith, so uh, we may have snubbed them a little bit by not talking about them quite enough in this particular rundown of the Big West. So they're going to have some billboard material. And uh, when they come looking for me, I'm going to point them to you, Gazal. Well, okay. no, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I do think, you know, it, Cal Poly, to me, is the X Factor team. Because, and, and, and you you say you and I both have affection for John Smith. Well, Jeff Gorham, I mean, Jeff Gorham, I think, and John Smith have been best friends since they're 12 years old. Um, John Smith, and I took heat for this last year. I, I, you know, and it's, it's listen. I thought Joe Calero was a fine coach at, at Cal Poly. He got him to the NCAA tournament. But I firmly believe, and I talked to so many coaches, and you and I talked to so many coaches, Jeff and Alan, that you know you have a certain. I think there's a certain run, unless you're an immortal guy, unless you're a Bayheim, unless you're a Shashevsky. You know, you really have a limited run at whatever school. And I just think Calero played out his run. They played for him, and now that John Smith has taken over. I was so impressed at how hard they played last year. Now, unfortunately for him, it didn't translate into wins, and that's just the way a lot of people look at it. It's like, well, they were 4-12 and without him, but they were 4-12 and with him. That team could have very easily, and you and I know because we watched the games, they could have very easily been six or seven wins last year. They had so many games go down to the wire, did, did the Mustangs, and he's bringing new talent in. In fact, they just announced his 2021 class, the guys are going to be coming in next year, and he keeps getting better. And, Jeff, maybe you could speak to that. He really is working the network in the Inland Empire to get players to Cal Poly. Well, you know, he's one of those guys. A lot of He started as a youth coach, and then he went over and coached high school out here in the Inland Empire, and then coached at two phenomenal uh, community colleges at Riverside, where he led a, won a state championship, and at uh, – uh, San Bernardino Valley College. The guy is a great recruiter. And I, if I had, you know, if three of my sons, all three of them decide they want to play basketball and they're good, he would be the first guy I would send them to because he is going to be a father away from home to these players. He's going to develop their talents and he's going to do it the right way. He's not going to cheat. He's not going to do things that uh, he's going to get student athletes that are, uh, Great people first and basketball players second. But I do say he's one year away from getting that program turned around. Remember last year, he didn't have a, he didn't have a lot of guys he brought in other than his son. Right. Uh, but now he's got he's got a, a couple modern day kids, which is great for the program. And, and he's just going to continue to get better. He'll bring in some JC guys, which will help. Uh, I just think this year is going to be another learning experience. But I do think they're going to upset a few teams. And I, I don't think they're as bad as – uh, the standings, preseason standings have them. And again, I, I was telling both of you guys, I'm really uncomfortable because I like to see a team play a couple games before I make any kind of assessment. Because you don't know, there are guys maybe who haven't played. Like, I, I'll never forget with CSUN. We'd never seen Lamine play. And I'd had people tell me, you know, he's pretty good, he's pretty good, he's pretty good. Nobody told me he was as good as he ended up being. Nobody said that. They all said, oh, he's pretty good. And then here he goes and wins player of the year back to back in the Big West. So if you have a guy like that sitting around and that nobody knows about, you're not going to know till they get on the floor. And with Lamine, as I think Alan would agree, as soon as we saw him play against New Mexico, we kind of knew what we had. My very quick Lamine Janae story in regards to, to the, the Big West. Uh, Danny Sprinkle was a, an assistant coach at Cal State Fullerton. And so I was talking about Lamine to him and I told him he's going to be the best player in the conference. And Danny and I go a long way back. And he laughed at me like, you got to be kidding me. I said, he's going to be the best player in the conference. Uh, long story short, Danny called me at the end of the season and said, Z, you were right. One of the first times in your life. <laughs> the great Danny <laughs> Sprinkle, now the head coach at Montana State. He worked with John Smith at Cal State Fulton on Diedrich Taylor's staff. So, Alan, you know, I know you have some affection for some of the guys there. 
I know your nephew coached a couple guys that played for, for Coach Taylor at Fullerton. Um, what, what do you think? I mean, they're picked ninth. I have a feeling they're going to finish a little bit ahead of ninth. They don't have the talent they've had in the last couple of years, but you know Diedrich Taylor knows how to coach them up. That's why I think that they can do better. Coach Taylor has proven that he gets guys to play hard uh, night in and night out. Uh, they may finish ninth because they lost so much. Uh, you know, you can't lose your point guard who's who's been around for four years. Uh, you know, when when I think of a uh, uh, but um, I just like Coach Taylor's philosophy of making the guys play hard, play smart, and play together. So um, don't be surprised if Fullerton uh, sneaks into the top seven. Tory San Antonio. He was that pretty good last guy. Year. He was pretty great, good last year. Great player. Uh, played out here at Rancho Verde High School. Was the on the Puerto Rican national team as a 17-year-old. A great scorer. Look for him to be a stud of one of uh, Diedrich Taylor's guards he brings in. They've been so good over the last uh, four-plus years. Maybe we get a replay of when they had Allman and Ahmad. I think maybe he can kind of channel some of that energy there at historic Titan Gym on the campus of Cal State Fullerton. I've already touched on my one, the guy I thought who got a little bit of a snub, and that was uh, uh, DB2. That was Darius Brown the second. Yes. I really do think he's going to have a phenomenal season. I don't know. Does that translate into the Matadors being you know fifth or sixth instead of seventh or eighth? That I don't know. But I do know if the history of the conference is the team with the best guards generally is the one that goes on a run late in the season and uh, the guards were playing the best and I thought that both Elijah and Darius and Terrell were playing so well at the end of last year when that season was taken away from him and uh, I I don't think Darius has forgotten that and I think he's going to use it as a chip on his shoulder this year to have a phenomenal year. Um, Gentlemen, I miss this. I miss being able to sit at courtside or Jeff sit with you in the press box and call football games. But I'm glad we get to have this little time together, as Carol Burnett would say, as she would tug her ear. But let me get a final thought from both of you on the either the poll or the upcoming season. Uh, Jeff Gorham, what are you looking forward to calling games for UCR this year? I am looking forward to seeing people first and foremost. There might not be fans, but I hope that we as broadcasters can – can uh, give the fans uh, a portrait of good basketball. I'm happy that it's back. It seems like uh, the last Friday the 13th, it ended our, our world. Uh, this is a new Friday the 13th, and, and I'll tell you what, I couldn't be more excited to watch basketball and watch these young uh, student-athletes getting after it because, like you said, everybody had it taken away from them last year. This year, it's a time for a makeup, and I'm excited uh Hopefully we can get through a whole year safe, healthy, and uh, have fun. Here, here to that. You know, Jeff, you always say, Jeff says so much, and so he leaves me with nothing to say. He's so perfect. That's why I, uh, you know, I can't say that I hate him. I really like the guy. <laughs> I agree with everything Jeff said. But Big West basketball is going to be pretty doggone good, fans or not. I think uh, the West Coast is going to be very proud of the talent that, that the Big West has. Uh, this is going to be an exciting season. It's going to be a different season. But I think uh, w- when people can tune into our broadcast, watch these uh, basketball teams compete against each other, they're going to realize there's some very fine talent, well-coached teams in the conference. Alan, it's going to be my pleasure again. Can you believe this is going to be season number eight for you and I uh, on the uh, at court side with CSUN? I was so glad you texted me this morning. You know, so... Uh, I don't know if you all know, like everything needs to be official. So I got a call this morning. They were sending the contract over to sign for CSUN. And then about two hours later, I got the text from my guy, Alan. Hey, I talked to the GM. It's all good to go. I will be on back on the call. So like we didn't really even know. I didn't even get my first phone call about this season with good reason until October because who knew you, know, you see all these football games being canceled. But I'm just so happy to be able to be back at courtside with you, Alan. And uh, I'm glad, Jeff, that you're going to at least, after missing the football season, you're going to at least be able to call some Big West basketball, and we'll see you see you in March when the, the uh, Highlanders come to the San Fernando Valley. Well, I hope we can do a, since we'll be able to uh, broadcast the games, we'll have to do a, a team uh, broadcast between the three of us and put it on, uh, hopefully get it on Riverside TV and, and uh, on the CSUN network. It'd be great. Supercast. We'll do the Supercast. Yes, sounds yeah. great. Supercast. All right, that's in the book. 
I was going to say, Jeff and I did get a chance to do a broadcast together a couple seasons ago, and that was a lot of fun. And in uh, and, Gazal, and I'll say this, as I always say, people know that I'm a big fan of my broadcast partner. I just think he's the best in the business. Uh, I think the reason why I came back is you threatened to uh, to you threatened some people and you're a pretty big guy and it worked. So thank you. Well, I'll, I'll say this. You got you guys can be uh, you guys can be Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, you know, uh, and, and I'll just I'll just be quiet and let you guys fight it out. Uh, if we do, if we end up doing the, the super guys, it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be the, uh, the NBA finals revisited, but that is Alan Zinsmeister, Jeff Gorham. I'm Gazal Hassan. Thank you guys for tuning into this one. A little taste of what you're going to get coming up in big West basketball guys. Always great to talk to you and I'll see you both at the arena. Uh-huh.